Hello and welcome to my podcast, The Black Eye. I am your host, Michelle. Ah, oh, God, God, God. What a world, what a world. Uh, I'm sure you heard about what has happened in Afghanistan. I have comments on that. And, uh, well, my old subject, my old pet peeve. Uh, for the blue check marks and the people of higher order uh, who feel that their relatives should be uninvited to their home and holidays. Further divide amongst humans, as if we are not divided enough. Those will be the topics for today's podcast. Anyways. I hope the sun is shining where you are. I hope you are outside enjoying this beautiful weather. Summer is far too short. And, well, you know, fall and winter is coming. And you know all the stresses that come with that. So, enjoy the summer while you can. I came across an article on Slate Magazine uh, advising people to cut their relatives pretty much out of their lives if they are not vaccinated. And this bothers me. And and I tell you why it bothers me, because I'm just going to say straight out why it bothers me. This is another form of segregation. It is another form of segregation. This is why it is another form of segregation. Because they're not reading their own data. The data is that black Americans are less likely to be vaccinated. Uh, 29% are vaccinated in New York alone. Only 29% in the city that, and that's not a city, but a state that boasts it has 70% vaccination rate, which again puzzles me because they do play around with those numbers. And when you look closely at those numbers, they don't actually add up to 70%. But that's another video. That's a, excuse me, I do do videos, but that's another podcast. And so, uh, 29% of Black Americans and Hispanics, you know, a little, a little higher, are vaccinated. So, New York City, in its great wisdom, via Bill De Blasio, is implementing a vaccine passport. In addition, um, plus, um, plus, you have to have your photo ID in order to go to movies, eat in restaurants, etc. Even though there's a mask mandate, you, you have to wear a mask inside, even if you are vaccinated. So, again, I don't want to bore you with that because I've already, I think I've already spoken about that. But to further divide people, to further divide people, an article is written about how to alienate family members after nearly a year of being apart from said family members. And the article, let me just read this article, because it goes on like this. It's in Slate Magazine or Slate whatever. And it says, uh, you should start telling your unvaccinated relatives they are not welcome at your Thanksgiving. 
was on to read this. As summer comes to an end and fall approaches, employers, including the federal government and some school districts and airlines, are enacting a COVID-19 vaccine mandate. And New York City is requiring people to provide, provide proof of a vaccine if they want to dine indoors or attend a movie. Those poor people are struggling enough, so now they have the added burden of policing who can come into their establishment to spend money there. But okay. American families need to set the same boundary. Your unvaccinated relatives should not be invited to Thanksgiving. Even though said unvaccinated people do not, I repeat, do not carry the COVID-19 virus. They have a greater chance of getting the virus, but they do not carry the virus. And if they are proven to not have the virus, then what? Just on the record, you can't give a virus to, to someone if you don't have the virus yourself. But I go on. It's time to start making those phone calls and texts and texts telling your guests to get their official vaccine cards or verification apps ready because they'll have to show proof at the door. Okay. Many people believe in putting politics aside on holidays. So, like other contentious issues on which family members can disagree, the topic of vaccination might feel easier to avoid or ignore. Maybe you're hesitant to enforce a vaccine mandate because you feel it will cause a rift during a season when people should be enjoying time together. How about that? And just a question, though. What if this is all over? You know what happened in Britain, right? There was a huge drop-off in a week. 50% of the cases dropped. 50%. Just as they lifted the, the, maxi, the, the, the mass mandates, and the vaccine mandates and all these things, the, the, the cases felt to drop by 50%. They don't know why. They can't explain. Nobody talks about that. But the, the cases drop like, like that, 50%. So what happens when Delta, you know, it, it, it peaks and it goes off the cliff and nobody gets the Delta variant? There are no new cases. What happens? Or perhaps you think excluding your anti-vax or vaccine-hesitant relatives will destroy the trust and closeness that might otherwise let you eventually convince them to get the shot. That's a possibility. But excluding people has nothing to do with being mean or nice to them. Truthfully. I mean, I don't know about anybody who's been through high school, but being excluded usually meant that you were the outsider. And it was done in out of, you know, meanness or, uh, you know, not being nice. So it is about preventing the spread of a deadly disease. This is a matter of infection control. Even though, I don't know how you're controlling an infection if a person goes and gets a test and is proven to be negative for COVID-19. You can't give COVID-19 if you don't have COVID-19. Unvaccinated people are not carriers 
they're more likely to get it and get sicker. But vaccinated people can also get COVID-19. They can test positive for COVID-19, i.e. the governor of Texas, a fully vaccinated person, tests positive for COVID-19. Now, my thing is, why are you testing after you have the vaccine? But there we go. I'm going off. Plus, requiring vaccines for entrance in November doesn't mean you can't be kind. You're still free to be a gentle and patient and listen to your unvaccinated relatives' concerns about getting the shot on the phone before the holiday. If you live close enough, you can even meet up with them individually while masked or distanced and outdoors to make your pitch. Again, if you are vaccinated, and that's what they're telling us, then we shouldn't have to worry about people who are unvaccinated. But it's not fair to put others at risk of breakthrough infection by having these conversations at Thanksgiving. Family gatherings are places where people interact closely in a closed space, laughing, talking, eating, ideal for uh, conditions for the virus to spread. There have been reports of people being diagnosed with breakthrough infections after attending weddings or parties with other fully vaccinated guests. Vaccinated. So this fool put this thing in his own article. He says, let me read it again. There have been reports of people being diagnosed with breakthrough infections after attending weddings or parties with other fully vaccinated guests. That is, the risk of a vaccinated Thanksgiving is not zero. No shit. But that risk goes way up if there are unvaccinated attendees who have a greater chance of carrying the virus, which they do not say that COVID-19 people I mean, unvaccinated people are carrying COVID-19. If you have taken the test and the test says you are negative, then you can't give COVID vaccine to people who are vaccinated because you don't have COVID-19. So this right here is misinformation. Misinformation already, because they're telling you that unvaccinated people are carriers of COVID-19 which is not true. Because if they were carriers, then you wouldn't need to test to find out whether they are positive for COVID-19. But blue check mark. So this is what he's saying. Okay, that is the risk of vaccinated, uh, vaccinated Thanksgiving is not zero. But that risk goes way up if there are unvaccinated attendees who have a greater chance of carrying the virus and increased risk that others may be infected. What? Especially when community spread of the virus is high, which is most in the U.S. By having a vax-only holiday, you'll be communicating that safety is so important to you that you're willing to deal with some discomfort and inconvenience. Right, like alienating your family members. Plus, it will serve as an incentive. No, it won't. No, it won't. No, it won't. 
The conservative think tank, the American Enterprise Institute, concluded based on a survey conducted in May that this type of positive peer pressure may be more powerful than partisan motivation when it comes to pushing people to get people vaccinated. Not really. They found that, you know, people are not as gullible as these blue check marks like to think they are. Okay? You're going to get somebody who has children to feed and they have, you know, they have to take care of their homes and you tell them, look, you don't get a vaccine by this time, you're fired. And then, excuse me, you have the federal government telling people, well, you know, if you get fired because you didn't get the vaccine, you don't get COVID-19. You're, 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 you're playing with a little bit of fire here. And I'm not, this is not a threat. This is just how things are flowing. You know, this is how it's flowed. I know there's a lot of wealthy, happy, living in their own freaking bubble people who think that the world revolves around them and they're concerned about their own freaking safety. When the government, and, they, and they'll tell you, oh, listen to the science, listen to the science, the science, the science, the science. But when the science tells them that they're going to be okay, that they're, they're, they're not going to be suffering, they're not going to the hospital, they're not going to die. The vaccines work. That's what the science is telling you. They're the ones who are telling you this. But when it comes right down to it, they are quick to get any opportunity, any opportunity to cut themselves off from their poor relations. Of course, you don't want to punish relatives who would love to get the shot but haven't been able to do it. Yeah. Or about how about those relatives who can't get the shot for medical reasons? Because, you know, the ingredients in the vaccine might actually kill them. How about those people? And how about if you just take the test and you are COVID negative? How about that? You can't be... Come on. It is true that many in America are unvaccinated because they face barriers to vaccination, like being unable to take paid time off or not having transportation. Here it is where you as a family member can help. Before the holiday, you can arrange transportation, you can help to book appointments, and if you can afford it, you can even offer a gift card to compensate for any time they have to take off. Oh, that's very magnanimous of you. Don't think, you know, you're helping the person, but you're thinking mainly of yourself, right? If they live close enough, you can go with them to get the vaccine. These gestures are far more meaningful and loving than choosing to overlook the risk for a day, even though you're not actually carrying the COVID-19 virus. Maybe you and the other adults in your family are willing to accept the risk of breakthrough infections that comes with being around unvaccinated people. If that's the case, require vaccinations to protect the children and any of the rare adults who cannot receive the vaccine on the, va on the advice of their doctors, who should, of course, receive an exception and be invited to the gathering. Kids under 12 still can't get vaccinated, and allowing unvaccinated people to the family gatherings put these family members in danger. Um, I guess the science said that 
kids are less likely to get ill from COVID. So that's, you know, again, I am not a scientist. I am just reading the words of the scientists who tell us that the vaccines work. On top of this, they're going to give people booster shots because, you know, science. Considering rising pediatric hospital admissions for COVID, that's no longer a risk we can dismiss. You also need to consider immune compromised guests for whom vaccination may not be as as effective. As Thanksgiving travel caused a surge in cases last year, it's especially justified to be wary of unvaccinated people participating in, in your gathering. Quarantine and testing protocols can help mitigate the risk on a risk an unvaccinated person poses, but they're full of holes and hard to monitor, and asking someone to quarantine may lead to tough conversations anyway. Yeah, you know what the, the tough conversations would be? Fuck you. Your turkey wasn't that damn good anyways. Your macaroni and cheese was dry and, and, and plain. Your, I don't know what your dressing was. Fuck you. That would be the tough conversation. You need to use rapid tests immediately before the event. And those who can produce false negatives. A person can test negative and still infect people, as happened on a flight to New Zealand last year. Right, just like a vaccinated person who worked alongside a non-vaccinated person. The non-vaccinated person didn't have COVID, but the vaccinated person did have COVID. That's not misinformation. That's a story. You can go look that up. The bottom line is the risk is lower with vaccination. Plus, an unvaccinated person is just putting your family at risk. They're putting every stranger they encounter on the journey at risk too. Bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And the reason why it's bullshit, because most of the counties have mass mandates. You can't go into businesses without masks. Even though Dr. Fauci says these masks, these little paper masks that we're, we're wearing, doesn't work. But okay. We're, we're, people are making the effort, especially in New York City. You're vaccinated, you still have to wear a mask anyways when you go indoors, in any crowded area, in the theater, in the movies. The reality is that the Delta variant spreading fast through the United States and other variants on the horizon. Even families who require vaccination for holiday gatherings should take other precautions as well especially if community spread is still hot. Justin Feldman, a social epidemiologist at Harvard FXB Center for Health and Human Rights, suggested holding events outdoors, getting a rapid test at a drugstore before the event, and masking and opening windows. You may also want to limit the size of your gatherings, you want to stack as many layers of protection as possible, he said, and requiring that everyone be vaccinated is one way of doing that. Even though you read the stories, you read the stories, everybody's fully vaccinated and they're still getting COVID. And that's not because of unvaccinated people. There's something else going on here. If you're fully vaccinated and you still get COVID, it's not because of unvaccinated people. 
unvaccinated people are more likely to maybe get the virus. We don't know. Some people are more resistant than others. And what if you had COVID and you recovered from COVID? The antibodies work. That's a science. Even in Paris, there you're required to show that you had um, had the virus and recovered your vaccine status or or your negative test status. So you have three options to show that you are able to move freely through the society. He's talking about what happened in New Zealand last year. I mean, was there even a, a, a vaccine last year, 2020? The reality is that the Delta variant spreading fast through the U. Okay, all right. Having vax only Thanksgiving, having a vax only Thanksgiving isn't about punishing family members who don't make the cut. No, it couldn't be about that, could it? After all, vaccination is a collective endeavor. No, it isn't. Not an individual one, which means any anger we may have about our country's failure to control the spread of the virus is best directed toward the forces that have peddled misinformation and made it harder to get a shot. That's bullshit. Then it's toward our unvaccinated friends and family. But part of recognizing that, recognizing that ending the pandemic is a collective project means realizing that we have responsibilities for people other than ourselves. This is an argument that I constantly come across. People say to me, well, when you go to school, you have to show vaccine, you have to show that you've been vaccinated. When you attend college, you have to show that you're vaccinated. And when you uh, go to the military, you have to show that you are vaccinated. Um, And when you go to work, you have to show you're vaccinated, which is bullshit because I've worked a lot of jobs and never did the subject of vaccination ever come up in my life. Ever. Never. So let's talk about school. Parents choose to put their children in school. That's a choice. You don't have to put your children in school. You can put you in some cases, especially in some states, you can homeschool. You can homeschool. You you don't have to put them in the state school. You can homeschool. There there are states where you can do it. Some states are more they're easier to do than others, but you can homeschool. College. Most people do go to college. There's a special inoculation that you have in order to enter college and to live at Thorns. But if you don't go to college, you're not required to get that shot or those inoculations. Military, another choice that you make as an individual. When you join the military, there are certain shots that you have to take in order to be in the military. Again, those are not uh, inoculations that you have to have in order to, if you don't go into the military. You don't even know about those inoculations. When you travel, you have to show that you have, you have to take certain shots when you travel. If you don't travel and you do not leave the United States of America, you don't even have to think about those shots. 
You don't have to think about those inoculations because you're not going, you're not making any choices to leave and do something outside of the norm. So yes, you do have to provide inoculations when you go to certain places, but you have to remember that you don't necessarily have to attend any of these institutions. You don't need your inoculation to go into a restaurant that's packed. You don't need any of those things. You only need those things when you are taking certain steps toward institutions in which the government runs. But if you don't make any of those choices, if you don't make any of those decisions, if you choose not to to go to the public school route, if you choose not to go to the uh, college, if you choose not to go into the military, if you choose not to travel outside of the United States, then you never have to worry about those extra inoculations and showing proof of of vaccinations. That is not the same thing as the government forcing you to get the vaccination in order to navigate in your life. That's not the same. And I, I worked in the casino. Nobody ever asked me, oh, oh, do you have proof of vaccination? Then you know how crowded that casinos can be. They're packed wall-to-wall people at the slot machines, at the tables, everywhere. You have people spitting on the floor, spitting on the, anywhere. You have some people who urinate all over chairs. Nobody ever asked me, are you vaccinated? No. No. Because that was not necessary for me to get the job. That was not necessary for me to get the job. I was never asked about my uh, inoculations, my uh, vaccinations. Never asked about them. Not, you know, having my inoculations or not having my inoculations did not keep me from getting employed. Only things that I chose to do was the reason why I had to get inoculations. If I was going to college and I was going to be in a classroom, I was going to stay in the dorm or any of those things, then I had to get a certain shot for that that uh, advancement. But I didn't have to. I didn't have to go around with a vaccine passport. I've been in crowded restaurants. I've been in, in convention centers where, my God, you didn't need a, passport, a vaccine passport for that. In places where you choose to be in an institution are places that require the vaccines. But if you do not choose to be in these institutions, you do not have to take that vaccine. You do know that, right? There are choices. There are people who choose to not be vaccinated. They choose not to vaccinate their children. I don't agree with that, but I'm saying they do have the choice. And as for these polio, polio's been around this whole thing for hundreds of years, approved by the FDA. These vaccines are not approved by the, by the FDA.
And I like to close with this. I quote it all the time, Benjamin Franklin. If you choose to give up essential liberty for a little temporary safety, you deserve neither safety nor liberty. Because once this thing comes in, once these mandates come in, when is it going to leave? When is it going to stop? There's no end to it. They're telling you that you're going to, you know, if you all get vaccinated, then the virus will go away. That's not entirely true because we see that in vaccinated people. And these vaccinated people aren't hanging out with unvaccinated people. They simply aren't. The, the wedding party wasn't unvaccinated. The parties were not unvaccinated. So how long? How long? Where does it end? If you made it with me this far, thank you. I appreciate it. You guys go out and have a great day. Bye-bye. Oh, and this concludes this particular segment. I apologize. I'm so stirred up. My time's running out. So if you've made it with me this far, thank you. And um, I look forward to seeing you in the next segment. You have a great day. Bye-bye. You are listening to the Black Eye Podcast. Hello and welcome to the second segment of my podcast, Black Eye. I am your host, Michelle. Can we talk about Afghanistan? Can we talk about that and the reality of Afghanistan? Now, I know everyone is going to be a little angry with me because maybe you feel that we should have stayed in Afghanistan. But I argue that there was no reality in which we could stay in Afghanistan forever. We couldn't sustain it. The sad part about Afghanistan is that we were there for 20 years and we affected no real change. All we were were gatekeepers. All we did was keep things back for a little while, 20 years. And all we did was give them the motivation, and we're talking about the Taliban here, to give the Taliban the motivation it it needed to build to strengthen itself, and to come back with greater force. We didn't take care of it. We didn't annihilate it. We didn't do away with it. It didn't crush it. It wasn't remotely crushed. It was just there, waiting, in the darkness, to come forward. If we had been there 100 years, the Taliban would have waited. If we'd been there 200 years, the Taliban would have waited. If we'd been there forever and ever, they would have waited. Because that's what they were doing. They were biding their time. They were waiting to take Afghanistan back. So leaving was not a bad thing. Leaving was not wrong. We were there for 20 years. After 20 years, you should have effected some sort of change. But none had been. 
What it exposed was the lies that generals have been telling presidents for God knows how, how many presidents, three, four, all this time. It exposes the corruption of the elite, the, polit the political system, the military system. It exposes it. Because if you were training these people 20 years, and you, you got them up to snuff, and, and especially American training, you got these people off the snuff. There's no way in God's name the Taliban could take it in the snap of a finger. They would at least have to put up a fight. The president of Afghanistan left. Prime minister, whatever he is, he was out. He put up the deuces sign and was gone. He was gone. The Taliban just marched in and took Kabul. Now I have a problem. The problem is the way we left. The way we left, who the hell advised Biden to leave that way? All those people ought to be fired. Every last one of them. This is why government should not be in bed with big business. Because all they did is put their little flunkies and syncophats around to keep their war people going, you know, the, the weapons people, whatever they are, I forgot now. I just had a brain fart on it. But it, you know what I'm saying. So they could keep the war going. And train the people. Train the soldiers. The most heart-wrenching, horrifying scene I have seen on the 21st century in 2021 are people desperate to get out of the country. And the Americans are taking the plane. They're leaving. And I'm not blaming them because they have to do what they have to do. But the fact that the Americans were so sloppy and so disgustingly lax. I mean, I don't even think that they thought of these people as actual human beings. I really don't think so. Because you, if you did, you couldn't possibly... Leave those people that way. Now, I was kind of young when Vietnam happened, but they, they do the documentaries. I'm sure you might have seen them where, you know, uh, the people were trying to leave uh, Vietnam and how desperate they were to leave Vietnam. It is reminiscent of that. These people who helped you in the United States, interpreters, uh, Ameri Americans, 10,000 Americans are over there. And am I wrong? But didn't they say that it was supposed to be September 11th they were leaving? Is it September? Is it September 11th? Anyways. I am heartbroken at the way it was done. At the way America left people stranded. The people who helped you, the people who served you, the people who believed that you were doing good. Again, I don't think Biden was wrong to leave. And I, I don't believe that. And I did a podcast about it, and I didn't publish it because I wanted to make certain.
that I was sure in my own feelings and in, in what I observed that I've, I've, I feel that he did the right thing to leave. But the way he left was horrifying. No plan. You could have delayed leaving. You know, I'm not saying you shouldn't have left, but you could have delayed leaving, making certain that the people in Afghanistan, the people who helped you, the people who wanted to leave, could leave. And they did no such thing. No such thing. No plan. People hanging off planes, falling to their deaths. That's disgusting. That's disgusting that the American government was in charge of that. You knew you were going to leave when you got inaugurated in January. You knew you were going to leave. You should have been planning to get people out then. People should have been leaving then. People should have been evacuated then. But no. What do they want to do? They want to preserve their, what, bravado? That, oh, we didn't turn it over to the Taliban? It was already turned over to the Taliban. The truth of the matter is you never really had it. In 20 years, you never had Afghanistan. You just have boots on the ground. And they're so busy focusing on January 6th, which, you know, I have my opinions on that. I'm not going to go into that. But you're so busy focusing on that, you didn't even look at the existential threat that really is a threat. Nobody looked at that. Nobody paid attention to the actual threat. The Department of Homeland Security, they're talking about people who grumble about the vaccine mandates and the mask mandates, even though they have no credible plot, are people who are most likely to, you know, they're going to be um, uh, terrorists, terrorism, look out for these people. People who have questions about the election. As if the election was not questionable in and of itself. There's questions. There are questions to be had. But if you're questioning it, you might be a terrorist. Even though there's no credible plot that anything is being brewed to attack the government. They're so busy tripping over their own damn feet trying to, to be woke. But it, you know, and I'm so sick of that term. That they don't even pay attention to what's really going on around you, the world. People, human beings. Then he comes out, President Joe Biden, with egg on his face, reading from a teleprompter, not taking any questions. He really doesn't have answers. Now, 
in in last recording of this, let me just add that um, evacuations are being resumed. You know, woohoo! After that embarrassing scene, I guess you know they have to come out there and try to correct their mistake. But millions of people, millions of people are in danger now. It was cruel. It was cruel the way the United States government did this. Absolutely, positively cruel. It was inhumane to dangle freedom, to dangle possibilities, to dangle all these things in front of these people's faces for 20 years and let them allow themselves to get secure only for you to leave and abandon them at the freaking airport. And now you want to go back and get evacuation. Now. I have absolutely, positively no respect for this government. No respect for this government at all. Not because you left. Because leaving was the right thing to do. You didn't have to leave all at once. You didn't have to abandon people. 10,000 Americans. In addition to those millions of, uh, of Afghanis, uh, Afghanis who helped you. You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do it that way. But you did. But you did. Anyways, I hope God, I just read something on Instagram that just totally shocked me. Um, it says here by James Clancy. And it says, the Afghans we were with in February were all executed outside their homes in Kandahar on Thursday. It's sad. It's very sad. I don't think I can say any more about this. If you've made it with me this far, thank you. I appreciate you listening. Um, I'm going to take a little break and we'll go on to another segment, perhaps.